What do you know? Didn't I tell you? I'm back. <laughs> yeah, with another podcast. I told you I would be back for a second podcast of the week, and here it is. Here we are. We're back. What am I going to talk about today? Mm, let me figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a long, hard thing. I had my children over last Saturday. Yeah, and we were we got together, my older children, because you know I've got a two and two thing going on here. I've got my older children, 25 and tw- uh, 25, yeah, 25 and 28. And then I've got my little baby ones, eight and six, I guess. Yeah, eight, I guess <laughs> I should know the age of my children. But I had the older ones over and they came over and we had movie night. What's the film that we watched? Um, it was pretty good. It was called Happy Death Day. And it sounds grim, but it's like the butterfly effects or what's that one, um, Groundhog Day, when the woman, she dies and she keeps reliving her life to find her killer. And it's good. There's been many versions to films where you have the person coming back like a loop. I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan, you know. There's been many great episodes of Star Trek where they keep looping and the thing keeps going around and living that life time again. Without being a spoiler, there was a really nice love story. The woman in there is really nasty and she gets turned around. And at the beginning of the film, you think, well, this girl deserves to die. But <laughs> I know, as cruel as it sounds. But after, you end up feeling, no, well, this is pretty good because it's turned it around and she's come good and it's made her look at life in a different aspect. And you've heard this story's been told time and time again, but it's nice getting it told in this way I thought it was really unusual way to look at it or to script it the actors were good nice good film we sat down we had a good time and my kids and I used to do that in the early days when they were much younger the film is called Happy Death Day check it out if you've got older kids or you're a teenager yeah give it a try it's good viewing anyway before we had the movie we had some pretty heated discussions well I didn't my son and my daughter did they were talking about is the earth round or is it flat my daughter's been watching a lot of spoof stuff on YouTube and have come to the conclusion that the earth is flat I mean I've never heard this theory before not a new theory you know Columbus when he was touring the world when he was going over to the Americas and went round and came round the earth and came up the other side and he discovered that it was round and then Man went up into space and saw that it was round and so on and so on and so on. You know the old story if you know your history. And now there's a group of people going around saying that the earth is actually flat, that the earth being round was a conspiracy theory. Why would people conspire to say the earth is round? Let's just say the earth is flat, right? Or we've been told that the earth is round. is all a conspiracy. I don't see the um what's the word I'm looking for the motive behind that why would they want to say something like that and also if you join the AVA you're a pilot you've got to be involved in this conspiracy because no doubt you're going to fly around the earth right you're going to go to the country land and then go around and come around the other side I'm I guessing that's how some people do it my daughter said to me there are some compelling arguments anyway I'm not going on about this and that it's neither here nor there in my opinion you believe it or you don't but the conversation was getting pretty heated man I had to settle down my children and just give them some a little talk about 
people influencing your mind because you know you're having a debate with somebody the whole idea of the debate is to change someone's opinion if that's ever been done i don't know but that's the aim of the debate because why have the debate if you're not interested in doing that for instance i want you to eat hard-boiled eggs right you've all had runny eggs and i'll give you some compelling reasonings why you should eat a hard-boiled egg as opposed to your soft-boiled egg I'm telling you this because I want you to eat hard-boiled eggs. I want to convince you. If I don't give a damn whether you eat hard-boiled eggs or not, what's the point me saying anything? I might as well just save my breath and I do my thing, you do your thing. Simple enough. So that's what I mean. If you're having a conversation, it should go in a constructive way. Let me tell you how it should go. One person speaks. When that person's finished, the other person speaks. <laughs> It's not that hard, is it? Not hard at all. Simple enough. But while that person's speaking, if you're giving that person the right to speak, if they want to go on about it, oh my goodness, I'll tell you something in a minute. If they want to go on about it, then um, that's fine. But you have to store up all the things you want to say. About two Christmases ago, could have even been three, I had a couple of girls that did my class and I had to expel them from my class. The traumatic events leading up to that was really stressful and I don't suffer with stress I just see where the problem is and deal with it yeah the stress ain't gonna help me it's just gonna make me old and grey and look beaten up before my time man I'm down with that this event when I had to get rid of these two children was stressful I was ashamed of myself that two 15 year olds drive me to this one was even younger actually one was 12 and the other one was 15 and they drove me to desperation of closing a class getting them out in fact i don't even speak to the girls anymore so those two girls that i expelled from the class their mothers phoned me up because i had to send an email out to them both of the mothers were bad as one another one of the mothers phoned me and she went on and on and on and cursing down the phone abusive and that and i just listened to what she had to say everything what she was saying and this is what i'm going to say to you all when two people are having a conversation, let the other person speak. It doesn't matter how long, even if they're going to speak for half an hour. Store it up. Have that compartment in your brain where you can store it up and have all your answers. Even get a notepad. You know, actually, she was going on so long, I dragged my phone out. And each point she was making, I just put point one, yep, yeah, this is what happens. Point two, this is what happened. Their child was at four and she knew it. And we've spoken about this many times before. And it was a situation where I had to go. But, you know, she didn't give me my chance to speak. I said to her, are you done? Can I come in there? You know what she did? After half an hour of listening to her, she said, no. I said, all i got to say, bomb, hung the phone up. So that was that. That's the last time I spoke to her. The other lady, she was a little more calm than me. She was talking. And then she mentioned this one thing, one thing. And she repeated it so many times she didn't like how i wrote the email to expel her children i should have told her it to her face whether she's right or wrong yeah she said that it must have been 800 times in 800 different ways i was on the phone listening to this woman and she wasn't saying anything different she was enforcing the point then reinforcing the point, then reinforcing the reinforce of the point, then reinforcing the reinforcement, the reinforcement of the point. It's ridiculous. It went on for about half an hour. I'm not kidding you. I took the phone away from my head. And you know, like in those cartoons, you hear, 
going down the phone, but you can't really hear the words because it was drilling into me and influencing the way I feel. And I don't like that at all. I'm in control of my mind, no one else. So I took the phone away from my head, heard a chipmunk type of noise coming out of the phone. When that chipmunk noise stopped, that would be my cue to put the phone back to my head to answer her back. She weren't as bad as the other lady. After talking, in fact, she probably was in a different way because the other lady spoke for about 15 minutes and hung up on me. This lady was going on half an hour on the same thing, on the same thing, man. So I listened and I told her my point of view and where I thought her child went wrong with me and that I've never expelled a child from my school before. Heck, I want to help him. You know, it's all good passing the buck. Let's get them out the door and someone else could have them. But someone else got to deal with it. Then again, our teachers are different and all teachers have their skill set. And she might find someone who may be able to deal with her attitude more than I. Not only that, I was driving. It was the class was in Rygate and I was driving into London coming back out to Rygate and then driving back into London to teach a class and then driving back to Rygate. No, that had to stop, man. That was just ridiculous. The amount of petrol. That's crazy. I think back to those days and I don't even believe I did that. My mind was being influenced by an outside power. Hey, is my mind being influenced by an outside power now? Did I tell you who I was? I'm sure I did. My name is Noah Michael Smith anyway. But I don't think I told you what you're listening to again. I did this on the last podcast. Am I going crazy here? You're listening to the Lofu Fitness Lifestyle Podcast and we like to come alive. What does that mean? What does Lofu Fitness Lifestyle Podcast mean? It means that Lofu Lifestyle is about well-being. It's about living a lifestyle. A lifestyle of health, fitness and beauty of a matter of fact. Yeah, because we're all beautiful people and we like beautiful things. So here's this series now, this episode, you did it, it's self-inflicted, because it is. Everything that happens to you, happens to you because of you. No one else did it, you did it. Don't allow outside influences to control your mind. You control your own mind, you're in charge of your own destiny. You know, we have to comply or conform is probably a better word, to stuff that's happening in society, whether in America, Australia, South Africa or the UK, it doesn't matter. We all have to conform to what the government tells us to do to a certain extent. But you do have your own consciousness. Yes, you do it or you don't do it. You have a choice. Self-inflicted privilege. You influence your positivity. But you've got to influence your positivity in all acts because these things cannot just happen. You have to pay for them. If you want someone to do your washing, ironing, cleaning, cooking, even your driving, you got to be able to pay for all that. And in order to pay for all that, you got to work hard. you got to be unique. you got to be special to you. So self-inflicted positivity are the nice things you have in life. You're a luxury. You earned that meal. You did it. It's your self-influence. You did it. It happened to you. If it's good, you did it. If it's bad... You also did it. (laughs) Self-inflicted damage. Crazy. Do I have some stories to tell? You are. Now, we were talking about Jasmine and Jamin, my two umbros, i got to say. They were um, having a little bickering about this thing that neither of them, I mean, Jamin's convinced the earth is round and Jasmine's convinced the earth is flat. Again, I've got to say, as I said before, I've got to look up this whole flat theory thing. I heard there's some compelling argument. I haven't 
deviled into that yet because we've got a competition coming up, Carlofu Challenge, and all my efforts are on that at the moment. So I've got to focus, you know, concentrate on the task at hand. But, um, yeah, I had to sit them down and say, look, if you want to convince somebody, as I was trying to say before, I think I went off the point, if you want to convince somebody of your argument, one, you cannot speak over them. Two, you have to listen and store up everything the opposition is saying. Three, have a counter-argument. Make your counter-argument convincing. Now, if you shout over somebody, you're not going to hear what they've got to say. What's the point in having a conversation? You might as well just walk away. That's happened to me before. In fact, I was at a club called, um, what's it called? Um, the Park Club. That's it, the Park Club. I left that club on bad terms and not a lot of people knew why. But someone shouted at me and I chose to walk away and they carried on persistent. And then when the moment came, I told that person, they cannot do that, you know, I don't accept that, I am Noel Michael Smith and I don't go down with that bag, they complained to the management and management chose to take their side, in a roundabout way, yeah, not entirely, but enough for me to say, hey, you know what, you're not supporting me on this, I'm out of here, and that's the bottom line on that story, but, you know, you got to store up, um, coming back to what I was saying before, store up all the information that the person's saying, I, I think I did brush on this, and I had to tell them this. You know, you've got to listen to each other. The only way you're going to convince the other person that you're right is give them an argument in a nice, calm, happy voice, yeah, because that's important, and give them an argument that they're going to turn around and say, well, yeah, you've you got a point there, but... <laughs> You know, that's what conversation's about. I'm, you know, it's like brainstorming, but brainstorming is a win-win situation because everyone's on the same page. But it's a similar thing. You know, a group of people in a room that's talking about stuff is a wonderful thing, you know, to happen. It's just great. I had my younger kids over as well, and we were all in my apartment just having some lovely times. And I had to bring my younger kids over to their mother because I'm not with their mother. I'm over here and she's over there and that's all good. And I had to bring my younger kids back because it was like their bedtime and stuff. Give you this story here. Bring in, this is why i got to say to you, right? you got to control what's going on in your mind, yes? Self-inflicted damage. And this is the biggest one of all. And let me tell you the story. So I dropped my kids back. And I know the neighborhood, the neighbors there, and one of the chaps just lived down the road. And I said, hey, man, how you doing? He's all oh, good. His van broke down. He needed a push start. So I pushed him. When you, a manual transmission, if you push it, you put it side in second gear, I think. Yeah, I think it's second gear. And just um, pull the clutch up, pull the clutch down, pull the clutch up quick, push down on the accelerator, and the car would start if it's being pushed. Now, um, did that. And he started his car. Then he got out and said, um, you know, me and my wife are split up. I said, no way, man. These guys are really tight. <laughs> What's happening? And he caught her in the act with a boss or a manager at the mother's house, lo and behold. Anyway, here's where it gets really nasty. And this guy's a placid guy. Right? Ever since I've known he's been a nice, calm guy, he beat up the lover so bad that he ended up in a coma. Think about that. How bad do you need to beat somebody for them to end up in that way? Bad news. Now, on top of that, remember, I didn't tell you this. I was about to say remember, but I didn't tell you this. He's got two children, two little children. 
he cannot see his kids. For a father, that is the worst thing you could do to him. He cannot see his kids. He's got to stay away from the wife. He's got a tag on his foot, so he can only go to a certain distance. It's being done for attempted murder. This is bad. You know, I've spoken about the red mist before. If there was ever a story to tell you not to have the red mist, that is it. I'm totally devoid of the red mist. Unless someone hurt my children, I think I wouldn't be able to control it then. But I'm totally devoid of it. Nothing could hurt me. I'm like Superman. I'm like Batman. I'm like Iron Man. I'm all rolled into one, man. Yeah? Impervious of anything interrupting my mind that I want to interrupt my mind. You all have to be that as well. Cannot get in. The only things you want in there is the things you want to let in there. And you know, interesting thing, I came back to the apartment where my kids were, Jasmine and Jamin, told them the story, and Jasmine said to me, hey daddy, you would do the same. I said, uh-uh-uh-uh, no way. She said, no, you don't know what you do. I know myself very well. If you don't all know yourselves, I guess you should start working on that. But I know myself very well. And if any guy having a good time with my lady and I caught them, I'll just walk out. Simple. You know what I do for a living? I got women all around me all the time. I just walk out. Walk out. Yeah, it would hurt. Of course it would hurt. Whatever I've been doing so wrong, I would have asked myself. But then I say, there's plenty of fish in the sea. I'll just cast my net or my rod and pick myself up another little fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the red mist in that way wouldn't affect me. Don't get angry. Get even. So, control your mind. Take a step back. You know, someone goes to punch you. Yeah, using a martial arts metaphor. Someone goes to punch or kick you. You're going to step into the kick? You will? <laughs> you fool. No, you won't. You won't step into the kick. What's wrong with you? You're going to step back. You're going to step back away from the kick. Maybe even put your hands up. That's your defensive position. Don't get angry. Yeah? That's the first bit of that. Right? That person's throwing a punch or a kick. You've defended yourself. What do you got to do next? you got to try and throw your own. Get even. Don't go out and sit out. Mind you, I do like a little revenge. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm a bit wicked in that way. Someone does something to me, you know. They say, turn a blind cheek. Turn a blind eye. Blind cheek. <laughs> Turn the other cheek or turn a blind eye. Anyway, the moral of this, right, is that just don't let outside forces influence your mind because that's what happens when you do that, when you lose all control of your faculties, of your senses. And, and you know, that man who done that to this person, he, he didn't wake up this morning, that morning, and expects all this to happen it's just one incident that makes him go crazy and it's all over man it's all over he's gonna do time i'm, I'm sure i don't want him to because a nice guy yeah he is a nice guy i'm not gonna change my mind on what how he's treated me it's always helped me out with my car and stuff and he is a nice guy you know once um i changed his wife's tire she was going to work and she had a flat tire and I said you got a spare because I was going home at the time and I passed her house and she was just standing by the car looking all bemused I said you got a spare she said yeah oh, let me do that for you I took the spare out jacked the car up and put the spare on for her and stuff like that and they left a bunch of some flowers and some chocolates over at my door and it was really nice and stuff and um, it's a shame that she felt fit to go and do that but also he shouldn't have beaten up on the guy man you can't go out and do that stuff you know 
So I do the martial arts. There's a hanging punch bag. I can beat up on that thing. Beat up on that and pretend it's a person, yeah? Because <laughs> that can often work. Whatever you've got to do, you've got to keep your mind yours. Because when someone plucks that out of your head and then they say, hey, I'm going to move you around like a puppet. You've got no control. They're controlling you. I did a class at home in my office. Well, I say in my office, at home. I've got a, this long lounge. I could do a class there. I had two girls come around to do because we've got a competition coming up. In fact, these two girls are fighting each other. I was vacuuming. One of them came early and I was vacuuming, cleaning up my carpet and stuff like that. Not that it's not clean already, but I just need to um, make it a little bit more extra clean. So I'm vacuuming and this girl turns up and I open the door and I'm vacuuming. And I'm carrying on. I'm going on for about five, six, seven minutes. She's saying, have you finished yet? I said, no. She said, well, that's really painful. You know, I had finished by then. And she said, that's really painful when I had finished. I said, it's painful because you put your mind on it. Your length of vacuuming might be 30 seconds. My length of vacuuming might be 30 minutes. Yeah, granted, it's long, but I'm thorough. I can deal with the noise. The noise is winding you up. You have to control what's going in your head. There's got to be a filter there. You got a filter? You got a... <laughs> uh, you got to filter that stuff, man. Right? Yeah. Hey, you know... um. We got a competition coming up. Lofu Kung Fu and Kickboxing competition coming up. Now, I was sitting down in the Riverside Health and Racket Club and I all the trainers, they know me, you know, I just talk to everybody. Everybody talks to me and I talk back to them. I'm sitting down and there's a lot of similarities between martial arts and kung fu or kickboxing with the movement and stuff that you have going on there. So I'm talking to one of the coaches and this other chap comes along. I think it was his student that he was waiting for to teach at that particular moment. But his student was early, so he came over and started in with the conversation. We shook hands and got through the pleasantries. And when he found out I was a martial artist, he wanted to better his footwork and also overcome certain fears and nerves that he's got. I said, show me your footwork. Not that I know a lot about tennis, but, you know, footwork's footwork, Right. You need to have good balance for martial arts. Could have good balance for tennis. You know how I know this? Because I see how they stand when they're receiving the ball from a serve. And it's not much different to how your body is already when you're going to fight in a martial arts competition. So I see certain similarities there already. Anyway, this man said to me, my feet cannot get in the right position. And I gave him a few pointers. He said, yeah, but when it happens, in reality, I cannot do it. I find it difficult to do it. And his coach as well said, he is good. He's a good player. I come down to the point and said, um, when was your last tournament? Thinking he was going to say a year or two. You know what he said? Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. I haven't done any. He whispered to me. I said, you haven't done any? Shh, shh, don't say it, don't say it. I said, man, there is your problem. Yeah, you've got to compete. Competing makes you better. You've got to get into the competition. The competition makes you good. You train for the competition. When you're in the competition and you feel yourself failing at certain things, the next competition you go in, you will home into that thing that you failed on. Make that better. It might take you 10 or 12 competitions or even 20 to get the hang of this stuff. But you'll get it eventually. And when you get it, you'll be a better fighter for it, a tennis tennis player for it. If you don't compete, you won't have that fear. The fear of something happening to you if you don't do X, Y, Z. The urgency, the cardio, 
the stamina, the strength, all of that comes from competing at a level that's comfortable to you. You know, in anything you do, in anything you do, particularly sports, it's got to be um, a reaction of a reaction. So what that means is that you're out there and you're working out, you're doing your fight. When you step away from the fight, win, lose, or draw, and you could say, I did this kick here, and I swung around and kicked him there, and I done a sweep here, and she went up flat on her back. If you could remember all that stuff, you're doing it wrong. It's bad. Because it's meant to be spontaneous, intuitive. This is why I teach the way I teach. You know, I need to get people in the zone more. Because being in the zone is a podcast all by itself. So I'm not going to go into that. Need to say that it's when everything goes right. There's more to it, but that's a simplistic analysis of it I can give right now. The way I teach, talking about the way I teach, I teach like I teach, is I teach from the inside out. You know, there's a lot of teachers out there that work the body and work the body silly and we're all fit and great and hooray to that. But working the body from the inside out, which means what that means is working your mind first because they won't give up. It's a sheer God-given conclusion that I would not be at these centers for the rest of my natural life, right? I'm not going to be there. But if people can walk, move around, stand up, sit down, run, whatever, yeah? Then they're able to take my practices on, my teachings, and bring it anywhere. They don't need a teacher. That's what I want to teach them to do. I want to teach them to survive without me. That's where I'm going with that. But in order to do that, you've got to get a mindset, a positive mindset. I was talking to someone earlier on about disciplining children, and you hear from time to time a mother saying, if you don't do this, I would do that. If you don't do this, I'm going to take this away. The biggest threat I've heard, which is just ridiculous, and I hear it all the time, the family going to a restaurant, right? They're clearly going in there as a family and they're set out of their house specifically to go into Pizza Express or, or any other restaurant. Pizza Express is pretty decent. So I've got one to stand around my high street and it's always jam-packed with lovely families in there. So I'm going to use that as an example. So here's the thing, right? One of the children will be playing up and the mother will say, Johnny, if you do that again, we're going to go home. Hold on, stop, wind that back. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> you have chosen to go to that restaurant. You want to sit down and eat you want to have a nice glass of wine with your husband and have some pleasantry chats and your children are there. It's a moment for you all to get out. Why are you making that threat you're not going to clearly keep? Yeah? Another one. You hear this one all the time. The parent is walking and they want to go somewhere. And the child is stalling, dragging her feet or his feet, picking up every little insect on the floor, picking daisies or whatever they're doing. And the parent is saying, come on, Jane, Paul, Angela, Susan, Catherine, whoever the name is, it doesn't matter. Oh, if you don't come now, I'll leave you here. Hold on, stop. <laughs> Just wind that sucker back. Number one, it doesn't get the kid to speed up. And number two, they do not know the implication of being left there. They can't quantify it. And number three, you're not going to leave them there, which is the biggest one of all out of the three. You're not going to leave your child there for a second. You're not even going to go around the corner and pretend because that's how quickly they could be snatched nowadays. Yeah? 
don't make empty threats, threats you cannot keep because the child will grow up resenting and thinking, mummy, whatever she says, nothing happens. Daddy, whatever he says, nothing happens. So I could just play around on this all day. So here's the thing, as I said before, don't let outside forces influence who you are, influence what you're going to do, have immense control over that. You cannot be having a conversation with somebody and get angry. Because if you get angry, isn't that person getting you angry? You're in control of you, right? Whatever good thing you do is down to you. Whatever bad thing you do is still down to you. Remember what I said near the beginning of this podcast? Whatever you do is down to you. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. Your decision. Don't let outside forces influence your mind because you are in total control of that. You're cooking. I like to cook. Whether you cook or bake, I'm not a great baker, I'm a better cooker. But hear this out. Being influenced is like cooking ingredients. You have to balance out and take in what you need to take in and take a step back to rethink things. Yeah, you're going to make a decision. You've got to take a step back and rethink it. Just like these mothers and fathers that say stuff to their children that are just flippant. If they just took a step back and listened to what they were saying, listened to their own voice, their own words properly, then they wouldn't make those stupid calls and have kids running them around like they're the parent. That's the kids, I mean. (laughs) All right, so here's the thing, right? Cooking ingredients. When you cook, you have to have that ratio to that ratio to that ratio to whatever ratio. Take my seasoning. I'm seasoning a piece of um, steak to cook out later. I put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this on there. I'm going to give you the secrets, my trade secrets of my steak, man. What do you think this is? You crazy out there? I make the best steaks in the world. Come and eat my steak. Then finger licking good. You'd be eating your fingers, getting any of that stuff on your fingertips crazy man I've got a great steak I've had women come here men come here and they eat my steak and say man I've had a steak before but I never had anything like this because I'm a little West Indian way man my mum taught me to cook that Jamaican lady taught me some good that's good do some good Jamaican cooking anyway diversing so you got the ingredients and you place them in bit by bit and you're quite calculated as to how many of this goes in how many of that goes in Taking a step back from a conversation to analyse what's going to come out of your mouth is the same thing. you got to think about what you say. You don't blurt all this stuff out and it's just white noise. You don't even know what you said. A little theory i got. When I'm teaching low-food fitness and somebody throws a jab with the left hand, I said, would you know what your right hand did? None of them could tell me. The only people that well, I say none of them, many of them can't tell me. Out of a class of 40, 50 people, 40 of them, if it's 50 people, 40, maybe even more than that, would tell me they don't know where the trailing hand is, yeah? So they've not taken a step back to think about what they're doing. They're not making that trailing hand in the right place every single time, yeah? There's no thought pattern behind their martial arts. They're throwing the jab in the fitness class without knowing what the other hand's doing. It's mundane. It's flippant. Just like when a mother tells her daughter, I'm going to leave you in the middle of the road if you don't hurry up. Well, you're never going to do that, yeah? Because the thought that's gone behind what she said is non-existent. Actually, there is no thought that's gone behind what she said. It's white noise. The mouth just flaps around without the brain being engaged. 
So when you're cooking and you're putting those ingredients in, it's exactly the same as the ingredients that you've got to put into your head before you say something. Step back. Don't just look. Going back to the cooking analysis, you throw in a load of things in that pot and just cook it out. It's going to taste nasty because there's no filter. There's no thought that's gone into it. It's just, I get a bunch of seasoning and just throw it in. I don't bake, but I get a bunch of stuff and just throw it in this cake and put it in the oven. It's luck whether the thing turns out nice or horrible. And nine times out of ten, it would turn out horrible. So place that back now to your thought pattern. When you are going to say something, don't throw everything in your brain and just splurt out a whole load of gobbledygook. You've got to think about what you're saying every single time. Every single time. Just like you've got to think about what you do. Same difference. The thought pattern needs to be implemented. You do not want to have the red mist. You do not want to end up like my ex-next-door neighbour who may actually get some time from the way he told me. And um, that's all i got to say today, I guess. I didn't mean to do a podcast this long. This is a long one, man. Yeah. So look, so listen up, be safe, be happy, be good, and I'll catch you on the other side. I told you I'd bring you two podcasts this week on the back of what we had last week with all the snow and stuff, but there you go. You look after yourselves, be real good, and I'll see you soon. Oh yeah, don't forget to watch that film. Happy Death Day. It's a good one. Stupid title, mind you. I see why they call it that. What rubbish title, but it's a good one. Yeah, watch the trailer and see if you like it and come back to me next time. I love you so much. Bold!